Many of you know uh, Mrs. Annalie Tupi at our front desk, our front reception. She's got a wonderful story she's going to share with us. Mrs. Tupi is originally from Belle Plaine. She currently lives in Jordan. She's got a two-year-old son named Desmond. Some of you probably saw on the way in, and if not, you've seen him at times at the front desk. So if you hear him in the background, that is Desmond. Annalie uh, came to Southwest last August of 21. I've got the chance she, uh, to work alongside her. She's been an amazing colleague. She is the real deal. She is genuine. She's authentic. She's very sweet. She's multi-talented. If you didn't know, not just reception, but she's also now um, helping with the learning lab. She's running the test center in the back. She is a yearbook specialist, and she's also a group leader. So she's uh, doing lots, wearing many hats. So I want to encourage us today to make sure we're listening to her story and giving her our best attention. On a side note, I was told that Mrs. Tupi, one thing she loves is chips and salsa. So for those of you that want to go to the testing center, I'm encouraging you to bring some quality chips and salsa, and maybe your score will change. Maybe not. Maybe that last part's not true. But again, uh, Mrs. Tupi is going to get up, and she's going to share her story today, uh, her faith journey, and what the Lord has been teaching her in the past number of years. And I want to encourage you guys, as always, this is Encounter. And when you come to Encounter, ultimately, it's our hope and prayer that you're listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. So as she shares her story and you're listening, you listen as well to what God might be sharing and putting on your heart. Can we do that today? So with that, again, uh, Mrs. Tupi is going to be sharing. Before we enter into worship, I want to say I know we've been encouraging you guys as well and, and saying that you can come down to the front. Today only we're going to say hold off on that as if you would because we're just going to do one song and then we're going to jump into her story. So again, today if you could refrain from coming to the front, that would be great. Okay. I'm going to ask you all to stand and I'm going to pray and we're going to do some worship. Lord, I thank you for this group of people. I thank you for Southwest Christian High School and for uh, all the people in this room. You are so good to us all the time, all the time. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. We know you're here walking up and down these aisles. We know this place has been prayed for many times over, but we ask today that you would touch every single heart in this place. I pray that you'd give Mrs. Tupi uh, just the courage to be transparent and honest, to be her total self, and that you would soften our heart to listen and receive what you have for us. So with that, Lord, would you allow us to, uh, to worship from our heart, to be authentic ourselves, and to lift up your name. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you that recognize me but don't really know who I am, what I do, as Mr. Vic said, um, I am running the testing center this year. I'm a learning specialist. I do the yearbook. And on Fridays, I'm the receptionist. And I also very much love chips and salsa. So thanks for throwing that in. <laughs> um, so this is my second year here at Southwest, and I've been loving it. And so today I get the chance to share my story with you guys. And this isn't just a story. This is my life. This is where I'm at. And with that might come tears. So if you're one that feels awkward when someone cries, you just got to roll with me today. It's going to happen. Um, so, so far this year, we've heard a lot of really great speakers, right? Do you guys remember last week we had Wes, whose dad was kind of like that meh type of person, and then his life was radically changed by God and after his car accident, and really great outcome for that time frame. Marcus, who remembers Marcus from the all-school retreat? Yes. Okay. I can't lose you guys already. We're only a few minutes in. Nod. Yes, we remember him. Okay, good. So he also had a really great story, right? He was ready to take his life, 
And then God took over and changed him, and now he has a really great story to share, and that's amazing. And I want that for all of you. But what if that's not our outcome? It wasn't my outcome. So who does the battle belong to, right? We sing that song, you guys are in it, and we're singing it, but who does the battle belong to? And what are you going to do when you're in the midst of a battle? So I get to share my battle with you guys today. Um, You can start the slides. So this is my family. This is my husband, Brian, and my son, Desmond. And he's here today, somewhere in the back. Um, So the picture on the right, we are, no, just kidding, left. My right, your left. Um, The picture on the left was taken on my 30th birthday, June 26, 2021. Life was great. Right? We're out in Ohio. We're on a two-week family road trip. Um, I'm camp where we stop at a bunch of state and national parks. We're camping. We went out to see my brother and his family who were living there at the time and spend my 30th out there. Our family is growing. We're advancing in our careers. Like life is on the upward. The, <laughs> the picture on the right was taken July 18th. And the reason I share those dates is When I see these photos, at the time, life was like beyond wonderful. And now all I see in them is a time frame. Photo on the left was June, sorry, not yet. Photo on the left was June 26. My husband had one month to live. Picture on the right, one week. So how does that happen? Healthy, happy, successful, 31-year-old all of a sudden die. I found him in our garage on Monday morning, July 26th. And I had just accepted this position like four days prior. So now in my mind, I'm like, there's a lot, right? I'm now a widow. I'm a single mom. We just bought a house. I'm accepting a job. There's a lot happening. So we'll get into, we'll get into how he died. But before I do that, you guys, I'm sharing a lot of my story, a lot and a little at the same time. Um, So it's really important for me that you guys understand and know who Brian was. And I only have like a half an hour to do that, so you're going to see it in Fast Forward. Um, So first things first about Brian. He um, graduated from New Prague in 2008. He then went on to go to college at University of North Dakota where he studied fishery and wildlife biology and became obsessed with the fighting Sioux. Apparently it's a thing if you're like from the UND area or go there. Yep. (laughs) Um, And then from there, he became a marine biologist on the Bering Sea. Who knows where the Bering Sea is? All right, we got one hand. Anybody? Okay, we got a few hands. So this is a good start. Geography teachers, be proud. Um, Next slide. So that's where the, if you guys can see, Bering Sea, right? We have Alaska. And where that red pin is, that's on the island of Unalaska. And the little town is Dutch Harbor. And when I say little, I was there this summer, and that is the tiniest, most unique town. So he worked on, like, he's in between the United States and Russia at this point, on the ocean. Um, And is a marine biologist. Next slide. This is him as a marine biologist. So if it shows any part of his goofiness, you guys, he's on a shark. Like, I don't know who's ever been on a shark. 
Granted, it's dead, but that's, that's my husband, okay? That's the kind of guy he was. Um, and then on the right, of course, is him just in his gear, because these waves, the, the ocean, it was intense. And it was, but this is the kind of guy Brian was. Really unique, funny, goofy, just all-around awesome guy. Obviously, that's why I married him, right? Um, so he comes home from Dutch Harbor or Alaska. Um, he's on the boat for a few months, home for a few months, boat for a few months, does that kind of on and off. Um, he comes home and applies. His goal was to always be a conservation officer in the DNR. So he comes home, applies for the DNR, and they turn him down because he doesn't have enough law enforcement experience. So what does he do? He goes to Alex Tech up in Alexandria, Minnesota, and he, gets, he goes for his skills, and he becomes a police officer. So now, in um, January of 2015, he's a part-time police officer, and at that same time, I move in with one of my coworkers who happened to be his brother, his sister, right? So Rachel, she's here. Thanks. <laughs> she introduced us. I moved in as a friend and roommate, and ended as a sister-in-law. Um, so met January, started dating in April. Um, in September of 2016, I go down to Colorado. I become a national recruiter for a Christian ministry in the, in the national parks. And that's a whole other rabbit hole I could go down, but I'm not. Um, but that was, that's part of my testimony is this ministry that I went and lived in the national parks with changed my life. And that started in 2011, okay? So that's kind of an important part of this story because that means that my faith journey, my personal faith journey started 11 years ago. So the way I see it is God has been preparing me for this stage of my life for 11 years. And I could tell you all the stories and all the things that has led up to this in ways that God was preparing us. It's just incredible and it's mind-blowing at the same time when I look back and I'm like, you knew this was coming, Really wish you would have given me some type of hint, but this is life, right? You don't always get that happy ending. So at the end of my contract with the ministry, it was only like an eight-month position, um, I get a call from one of the firemen. Brian was also a fireman in New Prague at the time. And I get a call that he was in a really bad car accident. You can go to the next slide. So this is his car. Um... It was amazing that he made it out of it with very few injuries. He had some staples on his head. He had a really badly injured foot. Um, that then, that is also part of our story, right? It goes into that. Um, so I, um, that's, he gets in this car accident. He moves home with his mom and dad, who are also here, my in-laws. Um, and they, you know, all throughout this journey, they've been there. Um, so I move home in April. Now, this is 2016. I move home. Um, next slide. Okay. So again, fast forwarding our life. August of 2016, we get engaged. May of 2018, we get married. And um, September, no, July of 2019, we find out we're pregnant with our first. And in between there, though, I should add, in... Um, March of 2019, we moved to Chaska very randomly. Those apartment complexes, like on the corner of Bulvaria and Engler, Chaska Place, we moved in there. Like, we decided we were going to move, and three days later, we were packing up. So that was impulsive. 
Just another way that God was preparing us for what's to come. Because then we started to coming to church at Grace here. And when I came to this school and this church, I was like, I want to work here. Christian high school, I'm going to be here someday. And here I am. Um, so that was in March of 2019. July of 2019, we find out we're pregnant with our first. Life is going really great. We're excited. And in September, we are out to dinner with his grandma for his, her birthday. Um, and we give her the card saying that we're pregnant. So we're like with family, cousins, aunts, uncles, like the whole works, right, in the, at a restaurant. In the middle of the restaurant, as we're talking about having a baby, we, I start having a miscarriage. And we lose that baby. And that was really hard. But all these things that have been preparing us, right? So, now fast forward. You can go to the next slide. It is spring of 20. We found out we're pregnant again. Um, and COVID hits. And we buy a house. So 2020 wasn't awesome for a lot of people, but it was really awesome for us. We had a lot of life events, and it was great. Um, next slide. So October 29th of 2020, we have our son Desmond, and life is going really good, right? We bought a home, we're doing house projects, we have a child, our family is growing, we're advancing in our careers, like, we're fairly average people, right? Doing things the way we should in life. We're going to church, things are, things are good. So, um, Desmond was eight months old when I found my husband. And in those eight months, we did it, that two-week road trip to, or to um, Ohio that I was saying in the beginning. We went to California, and he saw, Desmond saw the ocean for the first time with his dad. There were a lot of these incredible God moments that God was just gave it to all of us. I mean, we, we had pretty much all the holidays Firsts of everything, going to the ocean, going on a plane, he got to experience all of that with his dad. And so, you guys, I share all these photos with you guys, and, you guys, and I give you my, like, quick little synopsis of our story, um, because, like I said, it's really, really important for me to under, for you guys to understand and to see who my husband was before I share with you how he died, because he is a great, goofy, intelligent, like really intelligent. He could look at a bird in the sky and be like, it's this many years old and you can tell because of this and it's a female and just anywhere we'd go. What's the scientific name of that plant? Like I don't know and I don't care, but he knew. He was just, he was great and I wish you guys could have met him. But this is where life is and we have to accept that. So what did happen? How did he die? Um, as a police officer, you are constantly seeing the worst in humanity. You're seeing the worst in sin. You're seeing nothing really but sin. Um, and to see that on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, it's just not something people, humans are made for, right? He, he has responded to multiple suicides and fatal car accidents with children and families. He's been in He's seen domestics between loved ones. He's had guns pointed at him and been in standoffs. He's been in physical fights in front of families. School doesn't really prepare you for what that does on a person, and it took a toll on him. So now to connect all the dots, right? He's a cop. He's having a really hard time with the reality of what he's seen. 
you can't erase that. Um, and so the car accident, remember the car accident, right? What happens with the car accident? You get put on pain medication. Who remembers Marcus's story? And what happened with him in pain medication, right? He quickly became, um, he, quick, he, he would resort to numbing his pain with pain medication and alcohol. He didn't just do that in this last month or week of his life, okay? This, I started noticing this um, about a year into our marriage, and I started going to his parents for help um, because I wasn't sure what was happening to my husband. Um, and this wasn't a daily thing. This wasn't a weekly thing. This was probably a monthly thing that something would happen that I noticed wasn't right. So you guys, what is the battle that you're fighting? And how are you fighting it? Because I tell you what, Brian um, did not think that this would happen to him. I know that he, this wasn't in his, I know how he would have taken his life. I mean, I knew that about him. He had really bad nights, really dark nights. And so I'm not just saying that as an AA wife, like he didn't want this to happen. This was a full accident. He didn't mean for this. He had a family, friends that he loved. But if, you guys, if we don't take care of what we're struggling against, if we don't talk with people, it can accidentally take you. You never think it's going to happen to you. I assure you. 100%. I never thought I would be up here. I never thought I, this would happen to me. I mean, like, life is going great. I had dreams that Brian and I would be on stages at law enforcement conferences talking about his sobriety, talking about how he overcame life, being like a Marcus, right? I thought, we, I thought him and I would be up here sharing our story. But he didn't want to go to anybody with it. Even his best friends from third grade on didn't know about this, that he struggled with this. So when death came and when news started to get out, everyone was surprised. I'm not just saying that. Like, everybody was surprised. Aunts, uncles, cousins, his best friends. Nobody knew. So what are you guys struggling with today that you won't talk about it? And it's not just that. I, I've, I put so much of my identity into Brian. I married the man to become one, right? He was my best friend. He was our son's father. He was my future, my financial future, my future children. He was my person. You guys all have like a person, right? The person that you go to for everything that you can't do life without, that you can argue with and disagree with but love at the same time and you can spend hours with them and just maybe get sick of them but still not want to part from them. He was my cook. He was my go-to. He was my insurance. He was my partner on the house and decision-making and he really was like my everything. So are you guys putting your everything into something that can be taken from you? Are you putting your life into academics or alcohol or drugs or sports or your friends or your family or something? I mean, most of that, right, can be good. Invest in your family and your friends and your academics. But where does Christ land in your relationship? Because I tell you, when adversity hits, no one can prepare you. 
It's going to happen, and I'm not just, like, I, I hope that this doesn't happen to any of you. Because this has been the worst 14 months of my life. I would, like, maybe be smiling at the front desk, you guys, but I guarantee you, on my way to and from work, I was crying. So, like, I know you guys are hi not hiding, but there are some of you that are struggling. And what you're struggling with, I'm not sure. But do you talk about it? Do your friends know? Because for 226 days, I did nothing but, I mean, I didn't do nothing, but I, I did a lot of crying. And I, you saw the worst in me. I mean, ask my mom, or don't ask her, but she, they saw anger like I never knew or would like to admit existed inside of me. She bought me a punching bag, if that says anything. So... If it wasn't, though, you guys, I mean, Marcus mentioned, what is your why? And, does, and I, I challenge that question with a follow-up of what is your physical reason why? Because Desmond has been my physical reason why. He gets me up in the morning. I can't just stay in bed as much as I'd love to. I have to come to work. But all of that has created habits in me. Now I love here. Not that I didn't from the start, but it was really hard because I'm new, I'm learning multiple jobs, and all I can think about is, did my husband seriously just die? What am I going to do? Financially, emotionally. And I, There's a lot of things I could touch on in here, you guys. Community, if you let community in, last week Wes talked about, you know, your shield, your armor of, sh your faith of shield, or however that goes, right? It's good, but it's better when you come alongside your community. You guys don't know it, but as a Southwest community, you guys have changed my life. You've helped me this last year. The staff have come alongside me. Service day, you guys came to my house and set up for my son's first birthday. So let this community love you. They want to love you. And let them in on your pain and the battles that you're fighting. Because I, this is my journey, and no one can take this away from me. And no one can change it for me. But everyone has really walked alongside of me in this. In helping me, and loving me, and supporting me mentally, emotionally, financially, physically with Desmond. Brian didn't want to admit that this was a problem for a really long time. Towards the last, um, towards the last little bit after we had Desmond, things kind of changed, and he was willing to admit that this was a problem, and he didn't want this to be a problem. So, starting in May, he joined an online right COVID. Everything's online now, but he joined an online help, and he was completely sober. And I don't really like to use that because I don't consider Brian like an addict in any form necessarily. He had a problem with it and I'm not denying that, right? But he was sober for six weeks and a week and a half after one time of diving into that drink. A week and a half later he died. You can go to the next slide. So this is our reality, you guys. The top, these are like collages, right? So on the left here, on the top, you got our wedding day. This is 1,170 days. 
from the difference that I'm kissing my husband on the top of our church stairs to now I'm walking behind my husband's casket. So it just, it doesn't take long. And this, I share this with you guys, not so you guys can look at me differently or to feel bad for me or to buy me chips and salsa, which I won't turn down, but that's not why I'm sharing this with you. I'm sharing my story with you guys because I know for a fact, I'm not just assuming, I know there are many of you in here who struggle with where you put your identity and how you are handling adversity and your relationship with Christ and loss. I know many of you in here have lost loved ones. I know many of you in here are taking your pain out in different ways. But are you ready for the reality that it could bring? Because like I said, this wasn't part. I think my husband thought he was Superman. He never thought that this would happen. So, you guys, this is my life and this is where I'm at. And not every story, I'm still in my story, right? I, but it's hard to have hope. I have hope because I know Jesus. Someone once asked me last year when they found out, like, how are you so happy? Trust me, I'm not that happy of a person. I just have joy because I know Jesus. And if I didn't know Jesus, this grief, these last 14 months, grief would have taken me too. Because it is physically, mentally, emotionally painful on every level that I don't know how to describe to you guys. It's not something that I can describe unless if you live it. And I don't want you guys living it, which is why I'm sharing my story. Talk with people. Face your battle. Start your relationship with God. When you guys think back to your person, right? I asked you if you have a person, the person that you go to for everything. That didn't just happen overnight. You don't create that strong bond overnight. It takes communication. It takes effort. It takes undivided attention. And it takes time. And adversity is coming in your life. And I'm not up here to sound super negative, right? Like I, it's just also reality. Wes and Marcus had really great stories and really great outcomes. The reality is though is what if that isn't yours? So I'm up here asking you guys and challenging you guys to put your effort and your identity and your battle into the one thing that can't be taken from you. Because everything else can be taken from you. Your faith is honestly like the only thing that you're in control of, right? God's always going to be there. He's not going to take that away. Your finances, your house, your education, your physical ability, your mental ability, your friends. I mean, the list goes on. Social media? That is all temporary. But when adversity comes in your life, and I don't know what that's going to look like for you, right? None of us do. But you're going to have challenges. Ask anybody in here. We all have bruises of some sort. Some big, some small. Some have a lot of small ones. Some have a few big ones. But we all have our bruises and our scars. So how are you handling that? Because this could be your outcome. And that's why I'm sharing my story with you guys because I don't want this to be your outcome and I've spent 11 years in a relationship with Christ and working on it on a daily basis 
and this has still completely drained me in every way possible. So Desmond has been my physical reason why to get me up, get me going. School has been amazing. But mentally and emotionally, I can only put my hope and trust in God because I know that Brian is in a better place. I know I'm going to see him someday, and I know God's plans are greater than my own. You can go to the next slide. So this is the last one, you guys. This is just months apart. We're on a beach. We're having a great time. Brian's an incredible dad. And Desmond only had his father for 270 days. And on his first birthday, he's in a picture frame because he's not with us. So what are you going to do with your battle? And when challenges come, how are you going to handle that adversity? If you're chasing happiness, it's not going to come. That comes and goes. But only joy can come from knowing God. And I really hope it doesn't take you guys to hit rock bottom to realize that. So I'm going to close um, with, I, I think it's ironic that Brian's favorite verse was the armor of God, the Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, right? Wes talked about that last week. Um, I'm not going to read it all. But prepare yourselves. Prepare your hearts and your minds. And trust me, over these 11 years, I didn't wake up every morning like, yes, I get to dive into the Bible and I can't wait. That wasn't my attitude. There were often times where I would want to hit the snooze, I would sleep in, what have you, right? But if I didn't put in that time and that effort, you, you guys, some of you go to the gym, right? You work on your physical strength. You get food, all of that helps you to grow strong and to keep going, and so does the Bible, because emotionally and mentally you need that. So prepare yourselves for the armor, put, your, put the armor of faith on, so when adversity comes your way, you're ready to handle it, and that this hopefully isn't, you guys, I don't, so this isn't your story. You guys will have your own story, and I really hope it doesn't end in the way mine has. Not end. I'm still going, but where it's gone. So, um, with that, I was really worried I was going to go over time. But I have a minute and 30 seconds left. So I told myself that if I didn't cry, which I had tears but I didn't cry, and if I ended in time, I was going to take a selfie with you guys. So don't move. I'm going to do it. I didn't talk to you, Mr. Goldie, about this, so I'm sorry. But I'm going to do it because this is just one of those things that I kind of feel God might be preparing me for losing my mind someday where I don't have the memory. So don't move. Don't get all rambunctious. It, sh it just might be my big face. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. This is a good angle on me. Okay. Ready? Not an attractive picture of me, but that's okay, you guys. Because... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
So thank you guys for letting me share my story. I hope that this has impacted you in one way or another, whether you're on my end and can resonate with putting your life and heart into something that can be taken, or if you resonate with Brian and you're struggling with something that you maybe don't want to face. Um, I'm going to close, out, close us out in prayer. Okay. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the community of Southwest. I thank you for the community that they are and that they have been and that we can come together in a high school to praise you through the battle and through the good times and the bad and that we have each other to do that. I pray that whatever's on these students' hearts today, that you can guide them and love them through it and that you can encourage them to step up and talk to someone, anyone, but to get help if they're needing it or to just prepare themselves for the battle that you have for them. So in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Thank you, guys.